Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. Um, I believe that uh, the Spirit of God has sorted us out. That was a beautiful moment of worship. It was awesome. You know, sometimes we are too program-oriented to the point where we think that the service will start like this and end like this. Devotion will, will, will start from this point to this other point. And we forget that sometimes it's always good to surrender to the sovereignty of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the resurrected Christ, who dwells in us by virtue of the fact that we are born again. Hallelujah. If you're truly born again, then you have received the Spirit of Christ in you, and you have been baptized into the body of Christ. And one of the indicators of one who is born again is that you... You, 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 you are baptized in, in the Holy Ghost with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues as the 120 did on the day of Pentecost hello you know the problem with the church and when I talk about the church I'm talking about the body of Christ globally there's a general erroneous teaching you know, in the body of Christ and in certain sectors and sad to say even in some segments of the Pentecostal movement, you find that there's an erroneous teaching that makes people think that anytime you open your mouth to speak in tongues, you're doing the same thing. Ah, ah, hey! Yeah. Because of the repetitiveness of, 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 of the syllables that come from your words, you tend to think that you're saying the same thing, and it is because of wrong teaching. It's because those who teach, those who articulate such kind of a doctrine have no understanding as to what the mystery of speaking in tongues is all about. Hey. We must understand that there is no such a thing as a repetition. Woo. Because speaking in tongues is not about what you vocalize. Uh -huh. Speaking in tongues is basically vibrations yes. that, that spring forth from the wellspring of your spirit man Tapping into the frequencies of the Spirit of God. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you must also know that speaking in tongues has dimensions. Ah. Okay? And these dimensions, they have allocations in the spirit of what they intend to achieve. Ah. Are we together, church? When you begin to speak in tongues, that is if at all you genuinely receive the Spirit of God. And that is if at all you genuinely speak in the original tongue. Not what you heard somebody else say. Okay? Uh -huh. You must understand that the speaking of tongues, right from the time when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you enter into the first dimension. Uh -huh. And then you move on and move on, and you find that depending on the purpose of God concerning your life, uh -huh. You must know that every aspect of speaking in tongues, of worshiping in tongues, of praying in tongues is at a given dimension and every dimension has allocations in the spirit for which the dimension is intended to achieve. Hey. Are we together, guys? We are flowing. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, we speak in tongues and what our mind keeps telling us is that we are doing the same, same thing. And you know, the Bible is, is, is amazing. The Spirit of God, through the writings of Paul, says very clearly in, in, in the Corinthian epistle that he that speaketh in tongues speaketh mysteries not unto men but unto God. Yes. When we speak in tongues, we are not speaking to each other in tongues. Uh -huh. 
Get me clearly. When we are worshipping in tongues, we are not worshipping to each other. We are worshipping to Christ. We are worshipping to the Father. You see, the Bible says God is a spirit and them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, worshipping God in spirit, one of the things you must understand is that you're not just worshipping him in your native language. You're worshipping him in accordance with the vibrations that spring forth from your spirit man, from the womb of your spirit. And the vibration is supposed to tap into the frequency of the spirit. And when I talk about the frequency of the spirit, I'm talking about the, the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God has got different frequencies. And every dimension has an allocation. And the allocation is not so that you may show off as to how well you can speak in tongues, whether they are civilized or localized tongues or native tongues. Are we, are we, are we together? Yes. There is an intention. And one thing you must know is that when we speak in tongues, we activate mysteries that are hidden within us. You know, there is speaking in tongues that is intended for intercession. I've, and I've told you a couple of times that there are certain times when you try to pray in your native language, you might find it pretty hard to exhaust each and everything that you tend to do. Uh-huh. You, speak, you start by praying in English, then you move to Kiswahili, then you move to Kiluya or Kikuyu. And then you reach a point, you look at everybody in church and you begin to wonder, what are the hell are these people telling God? I'm already through with my prayer items. So you begin to bask in the glory of boredom. And the next thing you begin to yawn, and you yawn so much, and the next thing you get out and you say, you know what, this thing is too intense. (laughs) That is why in the New Testament, the Spirit of God has given us the ability to go beyond our human ability in matters of worship, in matters of intercession, in matters of general prayer, in matters of declaration. There are times, you know, you need to declare prophetically, but sometimes, you know, even when you declare the scriptures, for some reason, some of us don't even believe what is written in the Bible. So what God has done, what God the Holy Spirit has done, he has made a very easier way. That because of the fact that your mind is the greatest limiting factor and it is one hindrance much more than the devil, especially when you're connecting to the mysteries of God, you do not speak to your mind, you speak unto God. When you speak in tongues, you're you're, you're releasing vibrations, not to your mind. The vibrations bypass your mind and tap into the frequency of the spirit and immediately the spirit of God gets hold of your vibrations. He takes over. So that it is now not you praying. Uh-huh. It is no longer you worshipping. Uh-huh. It is the spirit of God. Because he is the one who searches the deeper things of God. Hey. He knows what is hidden in the heart of man and he knows what is hidden in the, in, in the heart of, of, of the father. Uh-huh. So he enables you to pray according to the mind of God insofar as the season in which your eye is concerned. Yeah. Insofar as the season of the church is concerned. Insofar as the season of, of, of the country is concerned. So it is no longer you speaking your own thing. You speak the mind of God. And God in turn replies to you. And how does God reply to you? He replies to you through the spirit. Yes. Even when we are worshipping, let me tell you, at, there's a level of worship. And I want you to understand this. Worship is one of the realms of Christ, the Son of God. Are we together, guys? Worship is a realm that is founded in the womb of the Spirit of Christ, the Son of God. Worship is an extraction 
of the executive branch of the Godhead. Are we together, guys? Now, when I talk about the Godhead, I'm not talking about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, that's where we get it wrong. The Godhead talks about the dimensions of Christ, the character of Christ, the government of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that everything that we are doing cannot operate outside the dimensions of the Godhead. Are we together? You get what I'm saying? So that is what happens. Whenever we worship God, we are basically connecting to the realm of worship or the realms of worship that are vested within the governmental structure or rather within the dimensions of the Godhead because Jesus is a name that hosts all the dimensions of the Godhead. Jesus is not a name like Kamau. <laughs> Jesus is a description of the character of God. Okay? The character of God. The nature of God. The government of God. And then you must understand that worship does not operate devoid of the priesthood office of Christ. Are you understanding what I'm saying or am I speaking Greek? Hmm? Huh? Huh? Worship basically amplifies and magnifies the eternal realms of the priesthood of Christ. Okay, I know I've never talked about the priesthood of Christ in that particular manner. I did it yesterday in a place somewhere. But probably if the Lord will allow me, I'll be able to teach on that, but not anytime soon. When we worship God, we are basically tapping into a frequency that has nothing to do with your mind. Because anytime your mind is involved, my yeah, friend, yeah. you will end up being discouraged. Your mind will tell you things which are negative. Here you are saying, oh, how great you are. Yeah. But you are not even experiencing the greatness. Yeah. Because you're so discouraged because of the things that are happening in your life. You're trying to declare the magnificence of Christ. Yeah. But your own life is defeated. Ah. Not because of the devil, but it is what your mind is telling you. Yeah. That is why God and the Holy Spirit, he will cause us to speak in tongues where we worship the mysteries of God. And then what happens is, you know, whenever you're worshiping, sometimes the Spirit of God will give you a spiritual song like we normally do here on Sunday. You're given a song that is written on the platters of the human heart by the finger of the Holy Spirit. So you begin to sing exactly what is written on, f- from the eternal scrolls of God ah. in Christ. And what happens is, you reach a level where by now, the Spirit of God, or rather, God the Father, let me put it that way. God the Father begins to sing back to you by His Spirit hey, through the Son. Hey. It's like He is answering your prayers. It's like He is basically making a decree. That is why it is important for you to make sure you study the book of Psalms. Because the book of Psalms is a book that teaches us the mystery of worship. Somebody like David, you find that David, there were certain times when he was in a state of agony. He would be moved by the Spirit of God and he begins to make certain declarations, certain intercessions. And then the Spirit of God in him would begin to give him an answer. 
That is if at all you understand the prophetic writings in the book of Psalms. Because God also wants to sing back to us. But he does so by the same, same spirit that sings and speaks through you. So that at the end of the day, you understand that you're not just a mere mode of creation. You are a portal. Are you getting what I'm saying? God wants us to be strategically positioned within the areas of our callings and in matters of our ordinations. Because friends, you can only be, you know we can all be in Eden, but there are only a few of us who can, who can identify where the garden is. It is true you are in Eden. Because Eden is basically a representation of God. Eden is a moment of time in eternity. Eden is a place of, of delight. We are all saved. We are happy. We are born again. Greater is he that is in us than him that is in the world. But remember, friends, God does not just want you to be in Eden. He wants you to identify the garden that was planted in the east of Eden. Because east is a place of new beginnings. Now, what is a garden? The garden basically represents the priestly office of Christ. Because every one of us that is born again, the Bible says we are blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Every one of us has been called to serve God in Christ. So until you identify where your priestly designation is in the allocations that have been designated to you by the Spirit of God, you're just in Eden, but without function. And then the Bible says that there was a river that came, that was flowing from Eden into the east, into the garden itself. And this river split into four heads. These four heads basically talk about, they speak about the dimensions of the spirit. Are you, are you guys understand what I'm saying? These are speaking in tongues for the purpose of, of intercession. These are speaking in tongues for the purposes of engaging in mysteries that make the spirit of God in you begin to search the deep things of God. Because friends, until you begin to reach that level whereby your vibrations are able to tap into the frequencies of the spirit of God, there will be no searching for you. Now you will tell me, but Bishop, I've received so many prophetic words. Yes, you've received them, but there's no activation. It is like you fueling your vehicle to full tank and you leave it there expecting, expecting it to move. Hey, hey. You must switch on the ignition engine yes. for the engine to start the car. Hey. And you don't just start the car and you just pause there. You must ensure that you're on the steering wheel hey. to ensure that the car is in motion. That is when the car will move. And you know the car can only move to the degree that you apply the necessary mechanisms that you learned about in driving school. It's the same same principle when you're praying, when you're worshiping, when you're interceding. If you're the kind of person who believes in only 10 minutes intercession, there's nothing much that the Spirit of God can do. Because the Spirit of God works in partnership with your spirit. But if you're willing to go on and on and on and release yourself, the Spirit of God will carry you beyond your own human ability. To the extent where you reach a point where you begin to groan. Now somebody might think that you are possessed of the devil, but not every groaning is is, is devilish. 
There's a level whereby when you begin to operate in certain dimensions of the Holy Ghost, you find your body begin to move in an interesting way. And that is why there is what we call prophetic dancing. Now, prophetic dancing is not routine dancing. It is not what you learn in a dancing school. Now, am I against what people do in dancing school? No. That has got its place, but when it comes to the things of the Spirit, there is a way in which you dance, and you dance in a style that is only modulated by the Spirit of God. And any kind of move that you do, even if it is this, you're releasing a particular virtue. It could be a virtue of salvation, deliverance. When you lift your leg, when, even when you lie down, my, my friend, you know, to other people, they might think that you're crazy, but my friend, there's something you're releasing. That is, and, 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 and you see, that's the same, same thing even when you speak in tongues. Because you're speaking mysteries. And there are movements of the body that communicate certain mysteries in the spirit. When you find a worship leader move in a particular way, while in tongues, to you that is carnal, that is just foolishness. Hey. But if there's anybody who is a fool, it's not the worship leader, it is you. Hey. Because you're too proud to humble yourself to even learn as to what is it that I need to know about this thing. Hey. And you go back to the scriptures, not with the mindset of what you were taught. But telling the spirit of God, I want to learn these things because I've read them in scripture. Teach me. You know, if we can be humble, my friends, you'll discover apart from what you see other people do, that there are aspects of the dimensions of the spirit that are in you that have been waiting for you to activate. Because you see, God respects our own free will. He will never impose his will on you. Are we together, guys? Now, the goal of speaking in tongues is not just necessarily limited to intercession or supplication. You must understand that the goal is a system of reception. That speaking in tongues is one of the instruments in the workability of the mysteries of God. Uh Okay? You get what I'm saying? You must understand that there are dimensions whereby when we speak in tongues, Uh we not only speak to receive, but we also speak to engage. Whereby you engage with God, even as God begins to give you. And sometimes the engagement of God will take you beyond even your mere citations of, 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 of the things that you want. God takes you to places in the spirit whereby you begin to intercede for people. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Let me tell you, friends, until you come to the place where you allow yourself to be filled by the Holy Ghost, your prayers will be selfish. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Until you are at a place whereby you allow the Spirit of God to carry you along, you'll always find yourself very selfish. I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I, I, mean, I was once upon at the time there, when I got filled by the Spirit of God, I would go a little bit in tongues, then I remember my needs. Then I realized that the problem was my mind. I allowed my mind to be actively involved in something that only God wanted to do, in his own way. You get what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. You must understand that there's a dimension of the hidden wisdom of God that every time you begin to utter in tongues with the revelation that is accompanied by the requisite consciousness or awareness, the Spirit of God will actually give you the message of what you're saying. Hey. That is why we have the gift of speaking in diverse tongues yeah. or different tongues. Uh-huh. Okay? Yes. 
which cannot operate alone. The gift of speaking in diverse tongues must be accompanied by the gift of interpretation of tongues. You know, there's been this confusion whereby, you know, people from other circles, they've always said that why is it that Pentecostals and those who are charismatic, they don't interpret the things they say. And you see, that is misunderstanding the scriptures. The scriptures does not necessarily say that everything that is spoken in tongues must be interpreted. You must understand what Paul was talking about and in what context. The Corinthian church had pandemonium. There was confusion in that church. Number one, that church was not short of operating in all spiritual gifts, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. The question is, are we as a church operating in all of them? No. So you see already, your applicability of that particular principle is heretical. It is where all the gifts were operational, but there was confusion, there was no order. And the motivation was to outshine each other. Just the same way, we can be in a church such as this and we've got different departments, whereby there is sound and there is media. But you find that sound does not value the importance of media. Media does not value the importance of sound. So sound and media begin to compete with each other and those that suffer are the worship team. And the rest of us. I'm just using that as an example. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And Paul went further and said that do not forbid people from speaking in tongues. But everything must be done orderly. Uh-huh. Okay? Yes. And if at all you speak in tongues and it is a tongue of message, there has got to be a holy quiet. And if at all you, you, you're very certain that you have a message from God, Paul says that you that is giving that message in tongues, pray that you may interpret. Uh-huh. Or else keep quiet. Okay? Which is now different from if let's say the Spirit of God gives me a message in tongues and I'm not released to give the interpretation. But I know that in, in, in the midst of a congregation such as this, there are a couple of people or one particular person who can interpret. Then I can speak in tongues confidently. Oh. But if I'm just speaking in tongues by virtue of just worshipping or praying, I am not being unbiblical. Are we together? Because, you know, when people come to church in a service such as this, you, know, you, you don't know where people have come from the whole week. There are those who are very discouraged. People are going through hard times, especially with the economy of this country. Now, you're forcing this person to speak with understanding, but the person cannot. Each time she opens her mouth, the only thing she can do is to groan. So when you see somebody, when you see a woman groaning, you begin to think she's possessed. There are certain times whereby even when you try to speak in your native language, nothing comes out. The only thing that comes out is tears. Yet you need to commune with God. So what else do you do? You will move. You, you'll allow the Spirit of God to carry you along and you'll speak in tongues. You, you, you'll move from level to level to such a point whereby whatsoever burden you have is lifted. That's why when you come to church, we should not waste time looking at other people. I mean, or else, why, why then did you come to church? Why don't you stay at home if you're being stumbled? If I cannot take what other people are doing, then why am I coming to church? But if I want to come to church and I don't understand what is going on, that is the time when I should approach the pastors and tell the pastors, hey, man of God, woman of God, I have read this in scripture and I'm seeing this thing happening in church. 
first of all, help me understand what is this all about. And I also want to receive the same, same thing. Such an attitude is what God requires. But when you're too conscious of whatsoever is going around you to the extent where you look in, you know, when people are praying, you're busy doing this. Even when people are praying in English, I see some of you doing this. You see someone's lips moving, but the truth is that there's nothing coming from here. My friend, why did you come to church? You should have stayed at home and prayed those 30 seconds prayers and call it a day. Hello? Hello? You'll still be born again, by the way. You see, being born again is not measured by how long you can pray. Being gifted by the Spirit of God is not a measure of maturity. Like I told us in part one, after you have been filled by the Spirit of God, the very time, the very first baptism you received and when you spoke in tongues, the same Spirit that causes you to speak in tongues should carry you, should lead you. In other words, you must surrender to the leading of that same Spirit to the extent whereby He begins to take you through levels of consecration where He begins to deal with the area of your character to the extent where you begin to bring forth the nine virtues of the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we are not bearing fruit, then our speaking in tongues is in vain. Now let me tell you something. For those of you who do not like speaking in tongues, this might be a bit hard, and please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. You are emphasizing on the need to produce the fruit of the Spirit. That is very true. But guess what? The fruit of the Spirit cannot happen in one time. It takes time for the fruit of the Spirit to be birthed in you. Now, that process of coming to the place where you begin to birth or produce the fruit of the Spirit is a journey of prayer, of the Word, and of worship. Now, there's a place in matters of the Word and prayer and worship where your own native language will not suffice. Do you know why? Your mind... Your mind will always tell you that, no, you are not, a vic- you are not victorious. What do you mean when you say that greater is he that is in me than the name that is in the world? How can you say, your mind will tell you, how can you say you, you are victorious in Christ and yet you cannot defeat immorality in your life? That's what your mind will tell you. Your mind will remind you of the things. And you know the devil maximizes on those things. You know the devil will always bring back memories of, of, of your sinful past to make you feel that you cannot make it. And you begin to believe that. That's why the Spirit of God, when he came on the apostles on the day of the Pentecost, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. To bypass the mind. So that you you are not operating on the strength of your mind, but you're operating on the frequency of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of man is, is the consciousness of God. And your own human spirit cannot submit to your flesh. One thing I know about the human spirit... The human spirit can never submit to anything that is not of God. Because the human spirit existed with Christ in eternity. Yes! Your soul is a creation of the blending of the breath of life uh-huh. and the dust of the ground. Hey! Wow. Because it is out of your soul that you have your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm-hmm. Now the soul is not God-centered. The soul is self-centered. The soul is self-conscious. 
But the spirit of man is the candlelight of God. When you get born again, the spirit of your own human spirit became alive. And that is when the spirit of God found a place to reside in. Because the only place the spirit of God will reside in is in your human spirit. The spirit of God cannot speak to you directly without your spirit. Your mind will always receive divine truth through your own human spirit. Hello? Hello? You get what I'm saying? So when we speak in tongues, one of the things you must understand, the Spirit of God will begin to intercede in you and through you according to what God wants to achieve in your life. And if it is a season of walking in holiness, it might not be very easy for you to pray holiness using your mind. Because your mind will keep on making you feel that, you know what, that immoral life you led, it is impossible for people of your kind to be holy. And your mind will point you towards those in church who are seemingly holy. And you begin to believe that they are much more holier than you. Not knowing that they also have a past. So to save you from that, God the Holy Spirit enables you to speak in tongues, to pray and worship in tongues, to bypass your mind so that you are speaking mysteries of the wonders of God, of the miracles of God, the mysteries of the wonders of salvation. And then the Spirit of God begins to speak back to you in tongues. So that you are lifted to a higher dimension of divine consciousness. Whereby, in as much as you are in this body, but you have the consciousness of the divine, and that is when you find that your own mind, the very mind that became an obstacle, becomes renewed. That's why the Bible says you set your mind on things above and not things below. Now that cannot happen when you are one person who has never experienced the dimensions of the Spirit. You know, it's very easy to cram these verses. And I've seen so many people who, know the, who actually know the scriptures much more than me, but they're living in sin. Hey. You think that you know the Bible, my friend? You think you know the Bible? I have met people who know the scriptures. They'll even tell you where the commas are. But the truth of the matter is that they're full of bitterness. They cannot forgive. And they claim to be people who walk in the spirit. How can you walk in the spirit and yet you cannot forgive? It means that there is no fruit in your life. And some of them criticize those who speak in tongues. Of course, I know there are people who have who, who, who have fake tongues, and there are those who speak in genuine tongues, but they've also not submitted to the leading of the spirit. Hey. We must have a balance here. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, we may speak in tongues in whichever way we want, but what God is looking for is fruit. Wow. Oh. Because you know what happens is, beloved, there's a level whereby when you speak in tongues, you begin to have the interpretation of what the Spirit of God is saying in you. Whereby he begins to address the bitterness that you have towards people. The greediness that is in you. Now, after he sensitizes you on that, he now expects you to work on it. So that when you work on it, you are basically drawing yourself closer and closer to producing or to bathing for the fruit of the Spirit. If that does not happen, my friend, then you're faking it. Because fake tongues may not necessarily be those tongues that you imitate. 
even the ones that you got from the Spirit of God, if it is not corresponding to a lifestyle that is Spirit-led, what happens is the anointing that is upon you becomes venomous, it becomes contaminated. And everything that you say and do is contaminated. Even the service that you offer to God is contaminated. It is not acceptable to God because whatsoever you're doing is by the arm of the flesh. You get what I'm saying, church? Yeah. You know, many times, you know, people say, well, I've been serving God. Why is it that uh, the pastor is not recognizing me? The pastor's wife just hates me. This church, there is no love and so on. You know, when you begin to have that kind of mentality, the problem is not the church. The problem is you. And one of the things that I've discovered about God, friends, you know, these prayers that we make, and I keep on like to repeat this, God break me, mold me. Make me to be more like you. My friend, that is a dangerous decree. When you tell the Holy Spirit to break you, my friend, he will break you. And do you know how he'll break you? He'll use people. He'll start with your Indian boss who worships a cow to break you. Yes. And you know what? You cannot resign from that job because where else you will get job? job? There are no jobs in Kenya. So either way, you'll have to humble yourself in bitterness. And because you're bitter towards that particular boss, the Spirit of God will tell you, you know what? You have failed to apply the principle of submission to authority. If you cannot submit to that wicked Indian, how about me whom you cannot see? You claim you love me, but you hate your own sibling. Because your sibling earns more money than you. Because your sibling is more favored by your parents than you. And you say you're born again and spirit-filled. Your own sibling who is not born again understands the principle of, principle of, of honor yeah. to, your, to, your par- to your parents. Hey. But you, you claim that you're born again and spirit filled, you speak in so many tongues. Maybe you even operate in diverse tongues, but there's no honor because even when, you, 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 and you know, the, the, there's one thing that I've come to realize. We sometimes speak in tongues blindly. Yeah. We do not lose our consciousness when you speak in tongues. Church, listen to me. If you have been speaking in tongues without your own human consciousness, you are faking it. You must be conscious of the fact that you are in the presence of God. Whether you are walking, whether you are at home or whichever place in the park, any time when you begin to speak in tongues, remember from the day you got born again, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That even your thoughts must be pure. Your attitude must be pure. Your character must be pure. Your lifestyle must be pure. Not when people see you. It is not so much about what we do when people see us. God is more concerned about what you do when nobody else is seeing you. If Jesus were to come today in this service and begins to walk amongst us, how many of us will say, that I'll be found to be a person who does not have evil thoughts towards against the pastorate. Or you think because when you come and say hi to Papa like this, that you are humble. My friend, I am a man of the spirit and many times I see a lot of hypocrisy when people say hi to me. One of the reasons why I don't like hugging people is not because I despise people. And of course there are those guys who will insist I remember two daughters of mine. There was this time I talked about hugging. That was, that was the time when we were having the, the Zoom service. And that must have been 2020. Yeah. Then I went to Mimuto, and these two daughters of mine, they said, Papa, even if you don't like hugging, we are hugging you. Before long, they all jumped on me, and I said, okay. And, the, and when two women 
when two married women hug my friends, I don't know what is it about marriage and women. I don't know that they have that double portion of their husbands. Those are two embraces. And I was just there constricted. You know? Yeah. But you know what? It was, it was a hug of love. You get what I'm saying? So, beloved, you must understand, at the end of the day, you cannot lose your consciousness when you're speaking in tongues. Even though your mind is not evolved, but your consciousness is evolved. Yeah. You must be conscious of the fact that wherever you are, God is there. God does not appear because we are here. This is an auditorium. The moment you walk out of this place, it ceases to be a place of worship. It only becomes a place of worship because of you and I being here. Because where two or three are gathered, he is there. Now, even when you are alone, beloved, you must understand. You are not alone. You have three persons inside of you. So whatever you say, whatever you do, your attitude, I mean, God is more concerned about that. That any time when you speak in tongues and you, and you allow the Spirit of God to sensitize you, he will tell you, fine, from what you're saying, you're basically addressing pride in you. Go and sort out your pride. There's too much of Moshene in you. Haven't you not read in Scripture, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. You like to scorn people a lot. You, you, you have a tendency of scorning those who are single because they are not married, because you think that you have got more grace than them. The Spirit of God telling you. Now that is, that is the best word, word of knowledge I can have. That I don't need a pastor to tell me what I'm, what I'm doing by word of knowledge. The Spirit tells me. And the moment he tells me, if I really believe in the Spirit of God, I will humble myself. But most times, you know, we are more concerned about our reputation. You know, I have to look godly. Image is everything. The image is not everything in the house of God. Christ is everything. I'm not saying we should not speak in tongues. My friends, I love, most of my praying is in tongues. And that's how I'm able to get my messages. Yeah. And there are, those, and there are also moments whereby God begins to deal with me. You know, when you get to the level of being a bishop, my friends, the dealings of God, they are the dealings of discipline. Uh-huh. Being a bishop is not a title, my friend. <laughs> being a bishop is a factor of divine discipline and dealings. Hey. Where God has to change even how you look at people. What happens is when you grow in the spirit, what the Lord does is that he, he plucks out your natural eyes and he gives you his eyes. I don't know whether I'm making sense. I'm speaking figuratively. Whereby I no longer look at new to the way I used to look at him. God gives me his eyes to see new to the way he wants me to see new to. So I, I bypass, I bypass Newton's weaknesses, past and so on, and I begin to see him according to the call of God and the ordinations of Christ in his life. And the Lord would move me to partner with what he's doing in his life for his glory and honor. But many times, you know, when we look at each other in church, we're looking for our own interests. That's why some Bible study groups became cartels and cliques. You know some of the disagreements you've been having in your BSs? Yeah. Do you know why those... It's because you became a clique. Hey. 
you became an unholy alliance. Yes, you gather together, you speak in tongues, and after that you begin to mama and backbite each other. So the Spirit of God says, because I love you, I'll scatter this thing. Hey! And how does he scatter? He confuses your lingo. So you begin to tear each other apart, and each, each and everybody goes separate ways. Ah. The same way it happened during the time when Nimrod decided to come up with a Babylonian project at the Tower of Babel. Some of the disagreements, let me tell you, church, if I, if, I, if I may be allowed to digress, some of the disagreements we have in our lives with people is because you became an unholy alliance. You became a clique. Now listen, it has nothing to do with the fact that you are born evil and your friends are born evil. No. Everyone is good. It is what you're doing that is evil. So, to, so because our God is a God of mercy and he's a God who wants to preserve us, he will scatter both of you, all of you, the three of you, the five of you, or the twelve of you to go separate ways whereby he will deal with each and every one of you accordingly. By the time when you meet, you'll no longer meet as a clique. You'll see each other in Christ. And there's a certain consciousness of the Spirit of God in you that will not allow you to utter certain things. And, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, might even make you for a particular season to make friends with the people that you need, not people you want. People who are incapable of giving you what you want, but they'll give you what you need. You get what I'm saying? You know, many times when people pray in tongues, there's always been that tendency in the Pentecostal movement that I want to pray in tongues because I want to access power. You want to feel you're a prayer warrior. Now, being a prayer warrior is also a dimension. Okay? But the question is this. Do you have the grace to withstand the demonic onslaughts of the enemy? Hello, those of you who call yourselves prayer warriors? Can you be able to withstand the assaults that you'll get from the demonic world? Because there are certain realms you don't just go on your own. Every realm has got an encampment of angelic hosts. Because the Bible tells me that the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that feareth him. Them that fear him, not them that pray. Them that fear him, not them that worship. Them that fear the Lord. In other words, you, you have such great reverence for God that even your own attitude is in check. Your motive is in check. That whatever comes forth from you, be it in tongues or understanding, it is in check. Because God wants us to be a people who come to the place whereby our thoughts are pure. Yeah, yeah. Our motives must be pure. Yeah. Mm. Our character must be pure, not imitation. That if I say I love you, do not begin to have an evil mind. What does Bishop say? I love you. Love you to God. How can a man tell me I love you? You mean, you, you, I mean, I'm a man and Bishop is a man. I, there must be something. There's something wrong. You know, that's a problem with some of you. Because of how you were brought up. Huh? And you know, in African culture, we, 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 men are usually encouraged not to express their emotions. Huh? But let me tell you, it's not biblical. Men, listen to me. I know we are in Africa. 
But the moment you got born again, and you're filled by the Spirit of God, you stop being an African, you stop being a Kikuyu, a Luyar, Embu. You became a son of God, a man of God, and you have emotions because, friends, there's a healing that comes to, upon your life when you express yourself emotionally. Yes! Men, listen to me. Talk to us. You think that crying is for women? Hey. No wonder that is why some of you may end up dying prematurely. Do you know why? Uh -huh. Men like to stomach a lot of heart within themselves. Hey. And as a result, you find that some of them commit murder. Huh. It is good to cry as a man. Yes. You do not lose your sense of being a man because you have shed tears. Because when you shed tears, it is refreshing. Ooh. It brings, it is like the balm of Gilead. Yes. Jesus himself wept. Do you want to tell me you're more of a man than Jesus? Jesus, let me tell you something. If there is someone who knows how to love a man, it's Jesus. When I look at my Bible, Jesus spoke a lot of love to his apostles who are men like him. Because of the cultural setting of the Jews at that time. We don't read of a case whereby Peter found that one to be quite uh, awkward. When Jesus loves you, he loves you because of what he has ordained in your life. And he has also called us to express our love for each other. Yes. So when a man says, I love you, and you're a man, don't be stupid and begin to start thinking. You see, you see, that is where unholiness comes in. No wonder that is why your own attitude becomes a hindrance in receiving from God. If you cannot receive love from a fellow man, what about God whom he cannot see? And then also, there are also women who have a problem when they, when they hear a man telling them that I love you. You're a married woman and then some other man who is single, who's born again, might be in the same church or might not be in the same church. Say, hey, my sister, you know, I love you so much. You begin to look at your wedding band. What the hell is wrong with him? Then you rush to the pastors and you start complaining that this guy is hitting on you. Because you, because you have got memories of how men used to hit on you before you got saved. And even after you got married, you were never healed of that. Such women need healing. That you can be able to receive love from a brother in Christ, regardless of what. You don't need to think so much. And ladies, listen to me. Don't feel uncomfortable when men hit on you, both outside and inside, outside there and inside. It is normal. You can't stop people from whatever they do, but you have the power to decide to, 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 to choose whether you will allow that experience to affect your spirituality or not. If a woman says, or rather, if, if, you're, if you're a single man, and you meet a woman and you say, man, you are smart. It's a compliment, my friend. He's not fondling with your body. Oh, yes. You are a woman and a man says that you are very cute and pretty. Don't begin to think that the man is hitting on you. Let me tell you something that I discover about some people. When some people do certain things to you that are not necessarily sinful, 
They may probably be disputable. Sometimes it's also them going through their own process of healing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And as they are going through their process of healing, you too also need healing to defeat the mindset that you have. So accept love from people because Jesus has accepted each and every one of us. Don't be quick to judge people. You're praying in tongues, but now, at the end of it all, we are just seeing you the same. There's no difference between you 10 years ago and now. You are just full of hatred. But when you come to church, you are worthy. In fact, tears start you know, rolling. Uh, uh, you, 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 start, tears begin to roll from your eyes. And we begin to think that you've been caught up in the Holy Ghost. Immediately you leave the service, you, you, your, your conversation at the canteen becomes different from the one who was here. And you tell us you speak in tongues. Huh? You getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I know, I, know, I know I might have to continue this next week, but let me just spend a few minutes just mentioning something here. Let me talk about, I think, the first type of tongues, and I think I'll stop here in the interest of time. Uh, these are tongues for edification. I want somebody, Brian, can you just uh, project to us First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. This should be... So there we are. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So I'm interested in the first part of that particular scripture. When you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. What does it mean to edify? To edify basically means to build yourself up. You know, speaking in tongues is building your inner man. The same way we go to the gym to work out and have muscles. Your spirit man also needs a workout. And one of the ways of giving your spirit man a workout is by speaking in tongues. Okay? You edify yourself, you build yourself up. In others, you actually refresh yourself. You know, there are those of us who may be outwardly refreshed, but inwardly they are not refreshed. Because of the aftermath of the former season, where things became tough. Of course, for those of you who like politics and uh, your candidate lost, you need some refreshment because you're still basking in your pain of loss. Your candidate lost, and you're so bitter that uh, the one you hated most is the one in power as an MCA, as a governor, as a senator, as a member of parliament, and as a president. You need to be refreshed to come to the place where you accept that, okay, fine, things may have not gone the way I wanted. I may have prayed and fasted, but you know what? God knows everything. Okay? So that the same, same, you know the same, same energy that you had, that zeal you had towards supporting your candidate, you begin to support the government of the day. You begin to support the governor of the day and so on. That is what it means being a believer. Stop being a Kenyan, my friend. You are a believer. Don't be too much of a kikui to a point whereby you begin to feel that if a kikui is not a president, then you, you, you don't recognize that president. That is being foolish. Yeah. Are, 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 are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. 
that because you do not like the governor of Nairobi based on the fact that you 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 you, you, you have a, you had a vested interest in a particular candidate who had promised you some job or some hustle in the county government now you're so bitter towards governor Sakaja my friend whether you like it or not he's the governor yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. there's nothing there's nothing you can do about it so for the time that he is in power let's just support him after all, the decisions he makes affects each and every one of you that is a citizen of Nairobi County. So why are you doing cashers and, make, and, and, and making very weird decrees around City Hall thinking that that will remove him from power? He's going to stay. Hello? Hello. You get what I'm saying? And if your candidate won, don't demonize those who lost. Hello? If your, member of, if your favorite member of parliament won, what makes you think that he'll win a second term? Hey. Have you prepared yourself for the fact that he might lose? Even with your much praying and fasting because you do not pray according to the will of God? You know, let me tell you something about, about tongues. Those of you who just pray blindly, one thing about the spirit of God is this. He will allow you to pray blindly, but he will take over and make you, without you knowing, praying, contrary to what you're declaring. I'm telling you the truth, friends. Be very careful. There is something the Spirit of God told me about people who just pray without thinking. That sometimes he will just allow you to just pray. Now what happens is, when the vibrations leave your spirit, man, and they, and, and they access the frequency of the Spirit of God, he will take over, use your tongue, your mouth, to pray according to the mind of God. And the mind of God says that the person whom you love as a member of parliament, you are basically praying that may he lose so that the one that God wants takes over. You know, people are fasting and praying, saying, you know what, we do not want this government, we do not want this MP, we do not want this MCA. I know of pastors who fasted in Cataloni and they came back saying what God said. But the truth is that God never spoke to them. Was God present at Cataloni? Yes, he was very much. Was God present at Adonai Prayer Mountain? He was very much there. But because you know you cannot cage God with your prayers. Eh? God has, has an obligation to do things the way you want. My friend, God is sovereign. He's not obligated to do things the way you want. If God were to do things the way I want, then I think... Hey. If it was the way I want, I. Oh my God. I think certain things would be different. Sincerely speaking. If it was the way I want, chances are I would end up even mishandling some of you. Especially those of you who have been problematic. Hmm. But because I believe in following the leading of the spirit, because at the end of the day, it is not how I feel that matters. Uh -huh. I need to know the mind and heart of God. And if it means me humbling myself, letting go of how I feel and what I think about particular people, I will do it. Yeah. I have to die every day. Yes. Those who are filled by the spirit of God and are led by the same spirit, they die daily. Ah. You die to yourself, you die to your own selfish ambitions. You come to a point whereby you sacrifice your own ambitions so that somebody else's ambitions may thrive. Yeah? 
I'm telling you. To the point whereby you assist a person you don't like financially. Not because you, you, you like to do it, but because it is the right thing to do. That is why you must distinguish between love and like. Liking is very much human. Dislike is also human, but love is a command. Love has not, nothing to do with what you feel. Love is truth. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.